Check. Check one. Oh, yeah. We are all set. Thank you, Jacob. If you've ever seen the movie The Incredibles... Okay, you have. Yes. Um, It is about a family of superheroes. The mom, the dad, and the little kids are all superheroes. They have special powers. And in this first movie, the, the sequel just came out recently. But in the first one, one of the main plot points is this young boy who comes up to Mr. Incredible. Mr. Incredible is the father of this family. And this young boy is like, I want to come and be a superhero with you. And he's super excited. He's a fanboy. And he's like, take me with you, Mr. Incredible. Because at that time, there's robbers taking over the city and all these these evil mimes. Yep, evil mimes that are also roaming over the city. Mr. Incredible is attacking them and defeating the bad guys. And this little boy who's a fan is like, I want to do it too. I want to be with you. Call me Incrediboy. And because he's a smart kid, he had, incre- he had boots that he had made that had thrusters in them. And he actually could fly like Mr. Incredible. And he was Incrediboy. And Mr. Incredible's like, get out of my way. I have real crime fighting to do, little kid. Go home with your little homemade boots. You don't have any real superpower." And if you've seen the movie, you might guess what happens to the little boy who was snubbed. Anybody want to take a stab at it that's seen the movie? Yes, Henry. Yes, he does. What's the supervillain's name? Syndrome. So the little boy, who called himself Incrediboy at the beginning, turns into the evil villain Syndrome. And his desire is what? What does he want to do, Henry? Do you remember? Yes, and he's going to take over the world by killing all of the superheroes. He is one of the best pictures in movies we have of this vice called envy. Because it's a vice that doesn't want to just be great or super. It's a vice that wants to make all other people put down so that we can feel better about ourselves. You might even remember a line from the movie that Syndrome used, or Incrediboy used, and his line was, if everybody's super, then what? Nobody's super, right? If he couldn't have it, then no one else should have it either, right? That is the cry of envy in the heart of any human being. Now, the Bible's pretty clear about envy. We just read two of the passages, one from Galatians 5 and one from Psalm 37. And they both say essentially the same thing. Don't envy. (laughs) Being envious is going to be bad for your heart, for your soul, for your life, for your relationships, and for your love. Don't do it. Now today, I want to basically chart a pathway for all of us to move out of envy. Or, in other words, out of the grip of envy. And that course can be charted in three ways. First, we want to cover what in the world actually is envy. You've heard the term. I'm using the term here this morning. But let's get a clear understanding of what it actually is, especially as opposed to covetousness and jealousy. Then, let's look at who. Who are the people that are most prone to fall into the grip of envy? That'll be our second point. And then finally, we're going to look at how. 
How do we get out of the grip of envy? How do we get healed from envy? And how do we find the love of God on the other side of envy? Okay, three things. What, who, and how. So let's dive in. If you're a note taker, I've got those three things listed in your bulletin on the back side of the little sheet that's tucked in there. To really understand envy, okay, we're, go, we're getting into what right now? What is envy? To really understand envy, you have to start with the fact that it's all about desire. And I've talked about this before here at Christ Central Church. The fact that we as human beings are bags full of desire. We are like wet, dripping bags of desire. It's how God made us. We just want things. And we want a lot of things, and we often want things that are actually not good for us. We are dripping bags of desire. And the reason we want things that are not good for us is because of this thing called sin, which the Bible teaches entered the world a long, long time ago. And it thwarts and it twists our desires. That's what sin does, and that's exactly what envy does. It is a desire for something that I don't have. And I gotta get it. And I gotta get it real bad. And I feel bad about myself that I don't have it. And envy, honestly, y'all, can be something kind of good. Or let me put it this way. Having a desire for some other good that another person possesses is okay, right? You might say, Guy Webster, I think he is a pretty humble man. I want to be like Guy Webster. I want the same level of humility that Guy Webster has. That's not bad, right? That's a good desire. Hey, imitate me. That's what Paul said, Paul the Apostle. Imitate me. Look at my life. You desire to be like me. Okay, so that's an example of it doesn't, having a desire for something doesn't make it bad inherently. But sin twists it and thwarts it really quickly. And what happens is when we want something really badly that someone else has, we begin to resent them for even having it. That is the darkness that begins to creep into our heart. We think that person doesn't deserve it, <laughs> especially as much as I do, and I want it and I need it, and I'm going to get it. So there we go. Envy is concerned at the root with who we are. Envy sends the message, as sin works through it, that I am in some way inferior. I have a problem. I am lacking in some particular way as a person. I'm not worthy, and maybe even in fact, I am not worthy of love. You can see how insidious and dangerous and powerful this vice can be in a human being's life. So secondarily, envy is also concerned with what I don't have right now. I need it quickly, and I want this particular type. So it often focuses in on some particular thing that I'm lacking in. And finally, what, we, what we'll learn as we dive into the scriptures this morning about envy is that it is a form of unbelief. I am convinced at some level that God is not going to take care of me, that he has shorted me in some way, that he has thwarted me in some way, and that he really doesn't care about me in some way. It's totally about unbelief. And we'll see that as we look at the scriptures more fully this morning. Okay. Two, one other quick thing before we move on to the who. 
which gets into all the fun illustrations. Covetousness and jealousy are slightly different than envy, and here's why. When we covet something, we basically want some material good. Like, if I say, that is an amazing, beautiful black purse. Where did you get that purse? I'll make something up. Let's say she says to me, I got it at, you know, Saks Fifth Avenue. And I'm like, oh, well, I need to go online this afternoon and look up Saks Fifth Avenue. I've got to have that purse. But I don't need her purse. I just need a purse that is similar to that, and I covet it, and I, I'm going to go after it. And we'll see when we get to the vice of greed and avarice, that's really where covetousness comes in. I've got to have more. I've got to have that. I've got to have this. I've got to have... It's, but again, it's about physical goods. It's about possessions that someone else has. It's about the new car, the new house, etc. I covet my neighbor's ox. I covet my neighbor's wife. Okay? But envy is different. Envy is more about a personal quality that another person has that I want for myself. So let's say there's someone I know that's a really great musician. And imagine for a second that I'm a guitar player. And what I really want is the talent of that other person. Now, I know in my heart of hearts I can't ever actually reach it because they are just incredible. They are some sort of, you know, a freak of nature in the way that they play the guitar, which again has to do with God's own hand being involved in it. But I want, I want to play like they do. So I'm going to work my fingers until they bleed. And I'm going to become, again, I'm going to become extremely antagonistic towards the other person who has the gift that I think I need or I want. I'm not really supposed to dive into illustrations yet, so I'll hold off for just one second. Jealousy. Let's distinguish. So, it's, so covetousness is about possessions. Envy is about some personal quality. It's about who I am as a person. Now, jealousy is basically I want a particular person's love. Right? So jealousy, as the Bible describes it, can actually be a good thing. It says in the scriptures that God himself is jealous for our love because he deserves our love. And when we give our love to something else, to some created thing or to some person or to some you know, part of our career, that love is going towards something other than God. He has the right to be jealous. The same is true for a couple that is married, the husband or wife. It's perfectly fine to be jealous if you find your husband or wife in some you know, relationship with another man or woman. Of course you're going to be jealous. It's okay. You, they have promised their affection to you. And the, okay, but... Now, jealousy, of course, can go deeply wrong, just like envy. Um, and you can begin to be jealous for everyone's love, and you need, every, you need it from everyone, and it, it can get all out of hand, and you become mean and spiteful if you're not getting exactly what you think you deserve. Okay, so jealousy can go way wrong. But it's still slightly different than envy. It's not necessarily about the personal qualities of another human being. It's just about getting that other human being's love. Okay, you guys catching it? Envy is different than jealousy. Envy is different than covetousness. And it's all about who am I? Okay, now, so that's the what. Let's now cover some who. Let's illustrate that because I know that's a little dry. It would be helpful for us to see how does this play out in the real world. Let me give a few examples. Well, let's start with athletics. (laughs) Because athletics is such a great example of 
an area of our lives where we might want improvement, but we recognize really early on in life that you're kind of just born with it. Yes, you can get better. You can improve your swing in golf. You can improve your serve in tennis. But the reality is that there are certain hand-eye coordination things that you were either born with or you weren't born with. And you're not going to be able to get better. We see this illustrated really well in the movie um, Chariots of Fire. Has anybody seen Chariots of Fire? It's It's a great movie if you haven't seen it. But it's about runners. It's about people who are involved in track. And in this particular movie, there is Eric Little, who's the hero of the movie, who's just following God's leading for his life, and he is incredibly fast. And then there's, um, oh no, I'm going to forget his name. Abraham. Abraham, yes, thank you. That's his last name though, isn't it? Yeah. It's, um, why well, I cannot think of it right now, I just lost it. Um, anyway, last name Abraham, he is incredibly envious of the talent of Eric Little. And he is like, if I, he tells his girlfriend at one point in the movie, if I can't win, I won't race at all. You see envy coming there? Envy is all about the destruction of the other person. This person is in my way. I have something that I deeply desire, that I want really badly, and the only way I can see for myself to get it is to take out the person who has it in a better way. So what happens when they're racing? Anybody remember from the movie? What happens to Eric Little? From Abraham, he gets shoved. He gets thrown on the ground during the movie. Because again, envy isn't just about me getting something good. It's about destroying the good in another person. That's the pathway of envy. Envy is like, okay, I see myself as inferior to XYZ person. And y'all, to get it in your own head, you're going to have to think of the area of life where you want to excel. Okay, I'm, I'm going to use all different illustrations here, but I want you to find the one that you, you need to be good at, you need to be the best at, you need recognition for, a certain thing in your life. So I'll give you the example of athletics. You know, Hunter deals with it in baseball. There's certain <laughs> kids who can throw the ball as a pitcher incredibly well, and there's certain kids who can't. And you just you can't train it fully. It is, you're just born with this particular gifting, and it's something that comes from God himself. Now, we see this um, same thing of envy at work in the movie Amadeus. You ever seen Amadeus? Um, which actually means the favor of God. That's what that word means. And it's basically the fact that God's favor went on Mozart. And Salieri, who is the man who's envious in the movie, is incredibly spiteful towards... Mozart, because he's dripping with talent. Mozart screws around, drinks, goes out with friends, hangs out with his girlfriend, does whatever he wants, and then produces a piece, you know, hung over in the morning, and it's like blows the minds of all of the critics. Salieri spends weeks working on one thing, and everybody's like ho-hum about it. And so it drives him nuts. And throughout the movie, as you, if you watch it, you see that his intent, his goal, is not just to be as good as Mozart, because he knows he can't ever do that. His goal becomes destroying Mozart. And that's what he ends up doing. He ends up participating and bringing the death of Mozart. It's a great movie if you haven't seen it. But I think musicianship is a good area where this happens. Artistry is an area where envy happens. Writing, particular writing is where envy happens. Let's look at another area. Looks. 
lot of the movies like Sleeping Beauty, Snow White, for instance, you've, hopefully you've seen these Disney movies. If you haven't, I recommend them also. But it's about some you know, angry old witch of some sort, and she wants the beauty of this young princess or something like that. And what's her goal? She knows she's old, right? You cannot reverse the clock. So if you're, you can't reverse the clock, you're envious of the incredible looks of this young damsel What's your only goal at that point with envy at work? Destroy the princess. If I can't have it, neither should she. I want to take her down. I want to destroy her. I want to, I want to make her life miserable. And the envious person almost never enters into direct warfare because the envious person feels inferior. I feel inferior in some way towards these other people in my life. And so what I'm going to do as I get more and more resentful and more and more angry with what they have and what I don't have, I'm going to do subterfuge. I'm going to look for ways to, to, to make it hurt for that other person. I'm going to look for ways to take them down, to say things about them that are hurtful. I'm going to look for ways to stab them in the back because that's what I do as an envious person. I don't enter into direct conflict because then I would, be, I would have to have some sort of confidence to do that, right? So what I want to do is I want to come around the back and I want to jab in the back. And I want to talk to other people and tell them how horrible this person is and how terrible that thing is and how whatever, you know. You've seen envy at work, right? You're, I bet you're thinking of some examples right now of where somebody has done this to you, around you, or it's come out of your own heart. Envy is tough, y'all. Um, you know, one of the ways I was thinking about it for myself I think one of the ways that envy um, really gets a grip on my own heart is with church planting, right? Church, starting a church. I mean, I look at a lot of other churches that have started in Charlottesville that are ahead of where we are or lapped us three times or, you know, it's just easy to become, because again, as a minister, that is the area that I focus on, being a minister, being a preacher, being someone who cares for others or, you know, and I, it's easy for me to look at other ministers, other pastors, and be like, oh, I hope that thing blows up. <laughs> right? I mean, I, I know God has gifted me with this certain amount of gifts, and this is it. <laughs> this is all I'm going to get. There ain't no mo. So at that point, it becomes, man, they're a better preacher. Man, they're a better, you know, they're better at following up with people. Oh, man, they're better at uh, getting up super early in the morning. They're better at, you name it. And I'm like, Lord, just take them down. Just make them fall. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be an affair. Uh, I'll read about it in the news. It's fine. But, you know, help me to get some of the benefit from that too. It's, it's, it's ugly. It's awful. Where is the area for yourself? Where are you hopelessly unsatisfied? Where are you secretly wanting to take someone down or at least wishing they would crash and burn so you can finally move up in the world. Y'all, I honestly think that envy is a big part of the divide that we feel in our nation. I really do. I think there's a deep sense in our country of when the other side wins in any way, it doesn't matter what way, Okay? And I'm not talking specifically to Democrats or Republicans or anybody in between. Just when the other side, whoever you define the other side as, when they win, 
I hope they burn. I hope they go down. I hope, I hope they are punished for winning. You feel this? You have conversations with people about this? I do. Where it's not just, well, I guess we didn't win this time. You know, I guess we'll try next time. Kind of rally troops and make sure we get the vote out. It's, you burn! Burn them, Satan! That's Satan over there. And I've heard it from both sides, y'all. Envy is at the heart of that, y'all. It's, they got what I wanted. And it's not just about, well, maybe I'll get it next time, too. It's about, and I want to destroy them. I want to take them out. It's, y'all, it, it, it burrows itself into our hearts. You have to be so cautious with this vice of envy. You know, Aquinas said that this is sort of the crown prince of the vices, envy. It is so opposed to this one thing that God talks about a lot. And we're about to dive into the scriptures right now. Anybody want to take a guess? What envy is really opposed to? It's kind of a big deal in the Bible. <laughs> yeah. Love. <laughs> what are the two, according to Jesus, what are the two greatest commandments? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Okay? Envy, especially destroys the second one of those. Eats it for lunch. Because envy is already starting with the premise that I don't love myself. I am inferior in some way. I am lacking in some way. God did not bless me in some way. And so I certainly can't love myself. And if I can't love myself, guess what starts to happen? Resentment. And what is the fruit of resentment? Hatred, and what is the fruit of hatred? Murder. Envy helps us all understand how and why people murder. We read about it all the time, right? There's murders all over the place, all over our nation. And you think to yourself, I think to myself, how does that happen? What are these people doing? Why does this mom murder this dad? This dad murdered this mom. This mom murdered her kids. And it's just hard to fathom. Envy often plays a part. There's an inability to love self. And once there's an inability to love self, there's an inability to love others. So what, 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 what is the remedy? Let's look. Psalm 37, y'all. Can you pull back up, Jacob? Is such, it's 37, whatever, 31, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Such a beautiful picture of what God wants to do in us to fight this thing called envy. Okay. It says, fret not yourself. That means worry. Get all chided up about evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers. The schmuck who wins this lottery, I was reading this morning, somebody won $470 million. Did you see this? Or at least the numbers are out there. Did you hear about that? Anyway, it's going to be a schmuck, and you know it. right? (laughs) Be not envious of that schmuck is what the Bible teaches us, is what God teaches us. For they, and here's, here's why, and this is what's supposed to help us, and hopefully it will help you this morning. This is the pathway out of envy. For they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Okay, basically what it's saying is, God has said, what I give you through Jesus Christ is eternal life. And that doesn't mean just living forever. That means it starts today, 
and it's amazing. And it's going to revolutionize your soul. Unlike the schmuck who wins the $470 million, they're going to fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. They'll probably end up in a Ferrari wrapped around a tree. Just being honest. So next, that's verse 2. Verse 3. And here's, here's where I meant when I said envy is all about unbelief. Obviously, what's the way to fight unbelief? Verse 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Now, that's a weird phrase, befriend faithfulness. That's not quite what it is in the Hebrew. In the Hebrew, it's roll yourself in faithfulness, like a blanket or, or like uh, you were some sort of a dessert and you wanted to make sure every part of you was iced. That's what that means. Ice yourself in faithfulness, knowing that God is going to be on your side. Trust in the Lord. Y'all, envy not only causes us to want to destroy another person, it also makes us incredibly resentful towards God. Because who gave us our gifts? Who gave them their gifts? Who gave Mozart his gift? Who gave the gifts to the Incredibles? Who gave the gifts to anybody? God. God himself. And so if I'm saying they have what I need or what I want, and God, you have screwed me over royally. That's what happens, y'all. I'm telling you. Envy will make a dumpster fire of your life. And verse 4. Let's look at some more ways to combat envy. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord. In other words, when you find that you have true pleasure in God, all of the other stuff takes a backseat. Oh, what? You're not the best athlete? Okay. Oh, you're not a great writer? That's all right. Oh, you screw up when you play the guitar? Nah, you know. Oh, you're not the smartest cookie in the room? Oh, well, it's all right. Again, delighting ourselves in the Lord is admitting that we are loved beyond our wildest dreams. Delighting yourself in the Lord requires that you understand that you have actual value and worth. Why? Because God has already delighted himself in you. Moving on. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. Okay, here's a, this is beautiful. Basically what this, say, this is saying is, you can chill. <laughs> you can take a chill pill. Because when you're taking a chill pill, God is acting. When you wait patiently on the Lord, he acts on your behalf. That's the kind of God that we serve. Amen. Think about that for a minute. Is that incredible? He will act for you. He is for you. He values you. He wants to know you. Okay, let's keep going. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Another translation of this says, God will vindicate you. That is what the person who is in the grip of envy most wants, to be vindicated. For someone to say, you are amazing. Yeah, Mozart wrote some good stuff, but wow, you're amazing too. Why? Because God loves you. 
Not because you are better at writing music than Mozart, but because the king of the universe has put his fingerprint on you. Okay, let's keep moving. Lastly, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil desires. As we conclude, ooh, get a little early. No biggie. As we conclude, let's be reminded, y'all, that the opposite of envy is love. So here's some practical applications. Take them or leave them. Put yourself in positions in life where you are with other people sharing a common good. Y'all, the American way wants you to think that all of life is one big fat competition. That's what's out there, right? Every car that's driven on the road that's a little shinier than yours, every position above yours that has a rank that is just slightly better, you're the account executive. They're the senior account executive. My goodness. If only I had that. We're surrounded by it. Try to find ways to enjoy the Lord together. Here's, let me give examples. Pick some apples. Look at a piece of art with some other people. Art can't be used up. It's not a competition of like, well, they looked at it longer than I did. Right? It's just you enjoying God's gifts together. Listen to some music together with other people. Again, notice how I say together. It's all about community. It's all about doing things. This is, this is how we combat envy. We do things together. We come and we worship together. We love one another with a true and an everlasting love. This is how we begin to combat envy. But the reality is it's all about God's work in our heart, learning to trust him more fully, and thinking about Jesus. I think that's probably where we should conclude it. I read this story one time about the little boy who had the two loaves and the five fish. Jesus is preaching to the crowds. He's out on a hillside and there's grass everywhere. And it's a beautiful fall afternoon, maybe something along the lines of today. And the disciples are like, we're screwed. Because there's thousands of people out here been hearing you teach today, Jesus, and they don't even have time to make it to the city to buy food. They're all probably going to die on the way. And Jesus is like, okay, let's feed them. The disciples are like, impossible. A little boy comes up, and he doesn't have much. His gifting is what we would call sad, right? Small, no big deal. Two loaves, five fish. Jesus takes them from him. He prays over them, and they feed thousands upon It says 5,000 plus men and women. I think it's just a fantastic picture of when Jesus touches something that we give to him. The bounty will be more than you expected. I don't know what your gifts are. I know everybody in here has some gifts. I've seen them at work. I don't know what you consider to be your gifts. But y'all, if you put them in the hands of Jesus, sweet and wonderful things can happen. 
And instead of trying to beat down the person that has a little bit more than you do, you get to lock arms or hug the rival because of what Jesus has done for you. Let's pray. Lord God, I know I have envy that creeps into my heart. I know I get into the grip of envy. I've seen the way I can wish wish destruction on other people, Lord. I pray that you would break me, that you would break us. Lord, I pray that we would see that through the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that your love has fallen on us. A love that promises that we have infinite worth and value in your eyes. We have nothing to prove to the world around us. You've already proven that you love us, that you will never forsake us, and that you're watching over us even right now. Lord, break us of envy and lead us into love relationships with one another. We pray this through Christ's name. Amen. I want to knock on the, let me just knock on the door real quick before the, oh, you already, yeah, dog. So one more picture um, as we conclude today of God's love. So this meal is, is a visible picture of the fact that through Jesus, we are filled with love. Jesus said, I want this meal to be a representation that I love you and that my call for you as my disciples is to love one another. He's like, do it a lot. (laughs) Do it in ways that are surprising. And so when on the night that he was betrayed, he took his disciples into the upper room and he said, this is my body, which is, after I move the towels out of the way, broken for you. Do this, eat now in remembrance of me. And I would ask two quick things. One, as the bread comes around, that um, we each take a piece and then we'll partake together at the end. We'd also ask, if you have not trusted in Christ for your value, for your salvation, for your life, that this morning you let the elements pass by um, and just pray about it. And and let, let me pray for us as we come to the meal. Lord, thank you for this time to reflect, to learn from your scriptures about envy, Lord. I pray that you would... Fill us instead with love, not with envy. Thank you that you love us. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.